0: So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. I am sitting here with my in real life friend, Jenny Randall. And Jenny is an Emmy award winning editor, a national speaker, a chart topping podcaster, and the author of Getting to Know God's Voice, a 31 day interactive journey. Now I want to say Jenny may have won an Emmy, but I would like to award her another prestigious award today because she is the first ever repeat guest on Ready to Thrive. Jenny, do you have any words of thanks or anything like a speech prepared?
1: I just, I didn't realize I was the first repeater, and I hope this really moves me into trifecta status.
0: Okay, so that's an inside joke, uh, which we will share. So basically, I met Jenny a year ago. We were at this conference in Nashville, and um, Jenny was very kind to agree to do an interview with me, podcast interview. It's episode 29, which you should definitely check out because... um, Jenny had me rap for the first <laughs> and last time on that episode. And so that really bonded us. But the, the main thing that bonded us is that later on, I came to discover that sometimes my body just takes over in crazy ways. And I was so, so, so incredibly nervous later on um, that night as we were at this mixer. And it really, you know, a small town girl coming to the big city of Nashville and meeting all these people. I really was super overwhelmed. And so I'm standing with a few people who I really look up to, love their books and their work and everything. And um, I was so nervous. I had said to this one woman, I'm so so nervous. And I thought that might help dispel it. That did not help in any way. And so I had a second uh, technique that I decided to use um, as I'm chatting with this woman. It's forever... Basically, one of my most embarrassing moments that Jenny got to witness. And I, I, for some reason, decided I was going to shake it out. I thought, I am going to stand here, say to this person, I'm just going to shake it out. Like that would, again, somehow dispel the nerves, which it didn't. And it also just caused me a lot of trauma, especially later (laughs) on that night as I laid in bed thinking, what in the actual world did I do I just shook it out like you can imagine a full body shake trying in front of this person who I admire She's shaking it out shaking right it now. out and then as Jenny and I are standing there um, with these two women who I greatly admire a third woman comes up and in my mind well first of all I probably wasn't thinking in my mind I'm thinking I can't Probably can't even speak to this woman because I am just going to embarrass myself. Um, So I was wise enough to do that. But as she walked towards us, I somehow uttered this phrase I've never used in my entire life. I was like, my trifecta. And Jenny has never let me live it down uh, as I'm standing with these three women who I guess in my mind were my trifecta. Um, and so she also felt a little bit like chop liver at that point. Cause she was, was like, what am I? I'm not part of, so not, my,
1: my bigger yeah. goal other than being a repeat guest is being in your trifecta. I'm just saying. So
0: true. <laughs> One day, I think when you're, when you're on for the third time. <laughs> um, anyway, so this, all of these awkward moments have bonded us. So, um, I just I thought it was,
1: it. I, I it wasn't as awkward as you. I mean, you were telling the story. <laughs> Amazingly, I just thought it was like the sweetest, most genuine response, and no one was weirded out by it, other than the shimmy. <laughs>
0: I'm just gonna shake it out.
1: <laughs> but you dramatically yelling that your trifecta has arrived. I mean, it was it was like honorable and kind. I'm sure those yeah. people
0: loved it. It was an actual out of body experience. <sighs> And one day, one day I will, I'll share that story with them again in a much less awkward moment. But I have learned that like sometimes <laughs> my I just get nervous and there's there's got to be a way. And I'm actually, weirdly enough, this person who I could probably speak in front of 500 people and be fine. Sometimes it's those like one-on-one or small group things where I just get a little bit, a little bit crazy. So all that to say if you were out there listening and you were like, Jacqueline always seems so calm, cool and collected. Not true. <laughs> I I let my nerves get the best of me. Uh, well, I want to dive in because honestly, Jenny and I could probably just um, just keep chatting and keep laughing the whole time. But I'm really excited about this book. And when I found out that her next book was going to be all about getting to know God's voice, I was really excited. And I said, okay, you have to come back on the podcast uh, because I think this is a topic that, um, we don't, we don't actually talk about a ton. At least I haven't grown up, I've grown up in the church, but haven't grown up really spending time learning to hear God's voice. It's really only been in the last few years. And, um, if you listen to the episode that I shared called my story, um, I do have um, a moment that I talk about in that episode where I share about really this one time where I felt like I. I heard God's voice internally. It wasn't an audible voice, but I really heard something so clear. And for me, that, that was a turning point of really beginning to pay attention to this idea that, you know, God is speaking all around me and what are the ways I could begin to pay attention to what he was saying. And I think for myself, a huge thing was just that my, Um, my life at that point or leading up to that was probably just really filled with distraction and a lot of noise. And so what I have really tried to do over the last few years, sometimes successfully, sometimes less so, um, is turn down some of the noise of the world and also, um, begin really to focus a bit more and pay attention. So Jenny, I just want to know from you, um, why this book, why did you begin (laughs) to write getting to know God's voice? Yeah. I, I've, so I got, I became a
1: Christian at 18 and it obviously it was a defining moment for me. And the church I was in, um, would like, I, I understood the Holy spirit. Um, it was a, a very charismatic church. Um, and they, and I was experiencing God for the first time. And it, it changed, I mean, it changes, it changed everything for me. And over the past 20 years, Uh, I was really committed to trying to figure out the giftings on my life and what that looks like authentically and what it looks like to embrace the Holy Spirit fully and biblically. And um, throughout this journey, I was seeing uh, demonstrations of the Holy Spirit where he was being misrepresented. I was seeing demonstrations within the church body, within local churches, within leadership, within myself even, because I didn't understand. I was seeing demonstrations of the Holy Spirit where he was being misunderstood, misrepresented, and missed altogether. Like I would be in services and feel the presence of God and the minister wouldn't like enter into this moment. And it could have been just because of a lack of understanding or maybe that wasn't the way their church Um, would move in things. And so I just really wanted to figure out, okay, what does this look like? Because sometimes sometimes we see the extremes on either side. People are really great at uh, understanding the fruits of the spirit and developing godly character, but they're missing out on the power of God. Or we see the other side of it where people understand the power of God and are believing for healing and they're going after these big Things believing for God to manifest in and through their lives to change the world, but they really aren't demonstrating godly character. So I really wanted to figure out all right, well, what's what's like what are the boundaries we have in in this, like walking out our gifting while also fully embracing uh, this godly lifestyle because we've been gifted the Holy Spirit right when we become a Christian, and I want to embrace Him fully. And so that's what this book is. Um, I studied the scripture for a really long time diving in. I did a lot of research, um, through different denominations and interviewing pastors and it's been an adventure. I'll tell you that much.
0: (laughs) Well, I love that you both have, um, like you just said, this theological backing of, um, diving into the scripture. Um, I know that you had your book, um, tested by your theological editor, but then you also have your personal experience and lots of your personal stories. And so I think that to me always makes the best book when somebody has done a ton of research and has personal story. And so I love that. Um, one of the stories you share at the beginning is this idea of, um, what a gym membership looked like for you and what that had to do uh, with the Holy Spirit. Can you share a little bit more, unpack that analogy?
1: Yeah, I would love to. So, you know, I, we have the gym, this gym on the corner of our street. And so often I would just drive by it and be like, oh, like, you know, you're unaware. You just don't know it's there. And one day my dad, I don't think he was hinting towards anything, but he got me a gym membership. He's <laughs> like, here you go. And it was this great gift. And all of a sudden I'm aware of the gym. I'm showing up. I'm going to work out. I'm building these muscles. I'm looking real good. And what I didn't realize and I found out later is that the gym also offered um, more things like they, they, I could do coaching and I could get free coffee in the lobby and there were all these bonus things within the membership. And I related to the Holy Spirit because I mean, God is actively. Uh, moving in and through our lives, whether we recognize it or not. But when you begin to see and recognize that the Holy Spirit's a part of your life, He indwells in us fully. Uh, we can show up. We can work out our spiritual muscles. And this is like when we begin developing our godly character, and when we um, take time to read the Bible. And then there's the other side of it too, where there, there's more than just developing godly character. There's more than understanding who we are as children in Christ, and That more is understanding uh, his power that moves through us, understanding that he helps us overcome oppression, um, that there's deeper levels of freedom. So I always think of that gym membership like, okay, well, God is always actively moving. Am I going to show up? Am I going to show up to the gym? Am I going to lift the weights and actually be a part of the story that he's writing? Because, gosh, what an, I don't, I never want to downplay what a privilege it is to be a child of God. Like it is such a privilege that we have access to the creator of the universe and like he's just entrusting us to do stuff. It it just blows my mind. It's amazing.
0: Um, I love that you have this gym analogy because I think it translates so well. And even if somebody were to um, pick up your book and say, yeah, I want to, I want to get to know God's voice. Um, But then just read the book And actually do nothing. It's almost like reading a book about going to the gym, right? Like I'm reading a book and then I I don't lift a single weight or get step on a treadmill or something. And I have recently started going to um, a pretty intense gym where they basically tell me what to do, which I love because I don't have to think about it. But at the same time, every time I'm there, I always I love it because I feel like as I push myself physically. There's always a spiritual connection and I feel like, um, no one, even though the guy is telling me what to do, he's not doing the work for me. Like I have to do the work yeah. for myself. And I also realize there's times where I can still cheat. Like I can still turn the number on the treadmill down and be like, oh, this is as fast as I can go. But I know that I'm actually, I'm cheating myself. I'm not getting out of it what I've paid for and what, um, I'm, like wasting my time if I don't do that. And so what I really love is that, um, again, we have this all access past the Holy spirit, right? Like we, we have the Holy spirit, but what does it look like to actually begin to spend time and say, I'm going to actually set aside some time. I'm going to be in the word. And for me, a number of years ago, I wasn't reading my Bible regularly Um, I remember um, being up in our bedroom and always feeling like my husband was much more spiritual than I was. And so sometimes I'd hear him coming and I'd like pick up my Bible and pretend to read like, oh yeah, I've totally been here reading. Like, I don't know who, who does that. Who's like pretending (laughs) to read their Bible to impress their spouse. Um, But I wasn't in the word for myself. And that is such a big part of hearing God's voice. And so even just moving to, let's just talk about that for a minute what does it look like to hear God's voice through scripture? Yeah,
1: that is the like most obvious way God will speak to us. Um, I think depending on which type of church you're in, you might elevate experience over scripture or like a circumstance happening in your life might be elevated above the word of God. And uh, We are, as we've been experiencing the pandemic, and here in the U.S., we have some major politics going on, and um, we're we're at battle against the world and the word. And if we don't understand or have a comprehension of what the word is saying, like God's word is saying, we're not going to know how to move forward and and how God's leading us. So the best way to hear god's voice is to have a context like in like not just cherry picking a bible verse but understand the big picture of the gospel of the scripture and then realizing how that applies to first of all who who god is his character that should be elevated way above how that uh, impacts our lives because when we know who christ is because of scripture we can then take that and understand who we are. And that shapes us to be um, who he's called and equipped us to be. So yeah, whenever uh, somebody's like, I don't hear God. And I'm like, well, the first question I ask is, well, are you reading, are you reading the scripture? Are you actually actively studying it? Because the Holy Spirit, it's one, I'm sure it's one of his favorite person answers, like make scripture come alive to me. And if you pray that he will make it, I mean, he'll do it even if you don't pray it, but scripture comes alive and sometimes it'll jump off the pages or you'll have this deeper revelation of understanding the full context of scripture and even take it a step further how that can impact your day-to-day life. So it's super, it's like the number one way God speaks is through scripture. And not only that, but he speaks in different ways, like through people, through the local church, even through creation, um, through, I'm trying to think through worship, through prayer, all these different spiritual disciplines we can do. But in all of that, Uh, we need to hold it up to the scripture. And we also need to hold it up to the character of God and who he is. So the foundational piece of that, obviously, first and foremost is having Jesus as your Lord and savior, because then you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And then the other part of that is understanding scripture and not from like this religious perspective of, oh, I got to show up and study my Bible, but just because you're so passionate about who God is and and you want to learn more about him and how he speaks. And from that place, you're going to begin to hear his voice a whole lot louder when when you're in your quiet time, when you're praying, when you're worshiping. He might like highlight a scripture for you or remind you of a story. Um, So it really is foundational in hearing him.
0: Well, I love that um, you just highlighted so many ways in which God can speak to us. And I think a huge part of that really is just beginning to pay attention. Like you said, it could be through worship. It could be through a message. And one thing I love is that when I am in scripture, like in the Bible, I'm reading the Bible, I often find then I will also have somebody, somebody has posted something. Oh, it's that same verse or there's something in a sermon and just different ways I feel like God will highlight things to me. And it's easy to brush those things off be like, isn't that a funny coincidence um, right. But I always think it is these God incidents moments where he is actually trying to speak to us and it often is less billboard style and more right. just those small little moments and nudges and paying attention. And so one thing um, I love is that you have this interactive um, journey where people can write things down because that's actually a big part of it as well as writing down. I know for me, I had this one moment where, um, I was up early. I think it was two years ago. And I realized I was like, I've never read the book of Ezra. I just want to read the book of Ezra. And so it's not a super long book. Um, I think the kids were up early on Saturday morning and they were watching a movie or something. So I was like, I'm just going to read the book of Ezra. And as I'm reading, I get all the way to chapter 10 And verse four just like leapt off the page to me. It was this verse that I was like, oh, this verse, something about it. I really want to study it. I want to look into it. And so I just remember writing the verse down and then I have this little app where I can look up all the Hebrew um, and kind of see what do those words mean. And often I find when I pause on a certain word or something, sometimes I look it up and it's like, "Ah, didn't really seem to do much, but sometimes I'm like, oh, that really speaks to me. And so I wrote out this whole um, verse, and I'm just like studying it. and one of the words in it just really said it says, like rise up, take courage and do it. And mm-hmm. I had this that whole month I had been um, I got the word rise on a cookie. I got the word rise <laughs> up on a um, a card at a hotel. it said on the rise up. there was it was again and again, all that words kind of kept speaking to me. And so I'm reading in scripture, it's standing out to me. And I find myself a few weeks later at this women's conference and the very first session of this women's conference, I see on stage, it says, rise up, take courage and do it. And in the conference, they gave each woman this little bracelet with that verse on it. Ezra 10, 4, rise up, take courage and do it. Of course, I'm bawling. I'm just such a mess. And for me, the, what it had really spoken to me was um, it just says this matters in your hands, like take courage, like we're behind you, you can do it. And there was things I was really feeling called to in that moment that I didn't have courage for. And I yeah. felt like it really was this way that God was speaking to me individually and really confirming it in this beautiful way, um, to keep standing up. Now that's a bigger story, but there's also lots of really little ways in which I feel like he's nudging me. And again, if I hadn't said, Hey, I haven't like, this is how it sounded. I haven't read the book of Ezra before. Like that was the main nudge. It wasn't this massive, you should do this. Um, Yeah.
1: I love that. And I see God redeeming that rise up because how many times in the self-help space do we have like here, like time to rise up, like it's in our own strength. And here is God, like for me, even you saying that it's like, it's this beautiful reminder of that. He's the one that's doing the lifting. Like he's the one that's saying like, let's stand, let's go. And it's in his strength we have the authority to be courageous. I mean, that's that's what it looks like to walk fully in the power of the Holy Spirit. He equips us to, with courage, with, com- with this God-found confidence that we can boldly step into areas that he's inviting us to step into. And it's such a beautiful space to be.
0: Well, stories I think are really powerful. And I would love to hear a story from you of um, really any moment where you feel like you've heard God speak, and you've kind of had to step out a little bit, or you've kind of been like, ah, is this, is this what God's saying? Like, do you have a story you could share with me? in that Yeah. Way?
1: Um, so before, so my job is I'm in ministry. I do speaking and writing and I get to travel and preach at women's conferences and events. Before that though, I just want to like give this disclaimer before that though, this same gifting would be operating in my life um, and I would have to step out in a different way. So I'm just sharing this story from, this was a moment where I was on the platform, like teaching. And, um, so I was at this conference and it was a very traditional conservative church. And they were like, we want you to minister at the end of the conference. Like you can pray over people. And I was like, do you want me to pray publicly over people? Or what does that look like? Like, what does that mean to you? Cause in, in church communities that can look a whole different way. And they were like, we're, well, we have this anointing oil, so we'll go off to the side. And, uh, and the spiritual director, she was going to anoint people with oil, and then I could just pray f- over them. And the giftings in my life that typically operate are prophecy and words of knowledge. And she said, and if you feel like the Lord is telling you something, you, you can go ahead and say it. And I was like, okay, do you want me to run like the words by you first? And she's like, no, just like you have freedom. So we had this behind the scenes conversation because, you know, you always need to respect the spaces you're in. You don't want to just bulldoze people with the Lord is moving, like take, take a break. Um, so we kind of, we were going to do this at the end. So I get done teaching. I was teaching on creativity and it was really awesome. And we step over to the side and my friend was leading people in worship. And this one lady was in line. and. All of a sudden, it just like was as obvious as the sky is blue. It was like, oh, she has back pain. And I couldn't tell by looking at her. She just, you know, you can't really, you could not tell. So I'm like, hey, do you have back pain? And she said, yeah. So I'm like, well, tip, I would assume God would want us to pray. For your back pain, so and it wasn't like I felt like the tingling moments or like angelic voices were like it's time to pray. Like it wasn't like anything like that. It was very simple, like you were describing when you wanted to study the that one scripture. So I just put my hand on her back and I said, "Lord, I believe if you're if you're highlighting this to us, perhaps you want to heal her, and we believe you as healer, and we just ask you to heal her back right now in the name of Jesus." Nothing happened. So we left, we went on, um, the woman kept anointing people with oil and we were just praying. However, we felt led and about two hours later, the woman comes back in. I was standing at the table where I got to hang out and like sell my products. She comes back in and she was like, I almost ran in here right after you got done praying with me, like screaming because the Lord totally healed my back. And she had lupus for years where she'd have to take painkillers. She emailed me the next day. She's like, I didn't have to take my medicine. Like God fully healed and restored my back. And for me, that's just a beautiful example of hearing God and like stepping out in faith. And even though I didn't, like I didn't feel anything, um, I hadn't experienced like healing after healing. Like I'm not a healing evangelist that goes preaching in Africa and millions get healed. Like it's just everyday old Jenny. And um, to see that woman so profoundly impacted um, was really remarkable. And in, in a church community where that's not like the stand I'm doing air quotes, the standard, typical way God would move. Like they weren't, um, it wasn't an experience that was norm for them to see that. And then to see the group of women all celebrating it was really profound and amazing. And I love sharing that story because I feel like it, it gives us all space to comprehend like, okay, yeah, God is healer. It, it doesn't matter what environment we're in. Um, for me, myself, I always want to be a person that contends for healing, even when I don't understand it, even when I don't feel it. I always want to ask God because that's what scripture says. Um, at the end of the day, is God sovereign? Yes, but I want to be a woman that knows we can pray for this and we can seek and ask him for this um and so that was just an example and i've had other stories where i felt that um in everyday life where i wasn't teaching from a platform uh so it can happen anywhere
0: <laughs> well i love that you just use the phrase like typical little jenny because yeah that's really what i want people to walk away with as well is that um yes you are special you are a snowflake but um so are it's, you it's it's that you up you'll get there. Um, it's that you, um, you're, you just began to really seek out how God speaks and, and paying attention to those little whispers. And the thing is you could have just said, do you have back pain? And she could have said no, but you're willing yeah. to take that risk just to say, Hey, is this the thing? And so, um, I think that's what I really want people to say. That's nothing that's just Jenny or just Jacqueline or just these special people. I think when I grew up, it really felt like to me, like God will speak to pastors or somebody who has a church job, right? But not to all of us regular average people, um, but beginning to pay attention. And I think for me, one of the ways I started to pay attention to God speaking to me was, um, if somebody came to mind, a friend or, um, just anyone acquaintance that I had, I would just text them in that moment and just say, Hey, thinking about you, how are you? And, it started to become apparent to me that people would say to me um, again and again, oh, I was just thinking about you. Like again and again. Wow, I love that. And, yeah. um, and I had one friend who was really walking through a crisis. And so I tried. I didn't want to bombard her, but I wanted to her to know that she wasn't alone. And so same thing. I would, every once in a while, she'd come to mind and I'd send her a text. And at some point she said to me, you always send me a text on my hardest days. And, you know, again, I'm not sending some long prayer or even knowing the words to say, but I just felt like this was part of paying attention. And so it is those little nudges. And I've shared this story on the podcast before, but, um, and I won't go into the whole thing, but basically just that I really felt this nudge to get to know my neighbor across the street, this elderly lady and her husband was in a care home um, he actually ended up passing away this summer. And so it's been very cute that my, um, kids and neighbor girls continue to go over and see her and give her little gifts. Um, they bring her drawings and she'll give them candy and it's this really beautiful relationship. She's, uh, older seventies. And, um, there was one day where I really felt like this, again, kind of this nudging where God was basically, he, all I just kind of felt like is he was saying like, she's lonely. Like her husband's been yeah. in his care home. She's it's COVID, Um, you have to actually go, go spend time with her. Don't just wave at her. Don't just go say hi for two minutes, but go talk to her. And so we sit down and have this conversation and I find out that we are related. Wow. And not in a way that would ever, would ever make any sense. Um, she grew up in a town, probably like a 24 hour drive away. So super far away the same mm-hmm. town my mom grew up in. And we end up having this conversation where we find out we're related. And what I felt like from this story, um, to go way back, we actually had, we didn't start talking for the first seven years of me living in this space. So that's a longer story. But, um, what I felt like was how beautiful it was that as I was paying attention and went and go over to talk to her that, um, she, she just lost her husband after like 54 years of marriage or 52 years of marriage. I can't remember. Um, but now she has family across the street. Wow, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like what a gift that yeah. is. And I just kept thinking after that day that I found out we were related, I thought I would have missed out if yeah. I hadn't risked to go across the street, if I hadn't paid attention and, and it cost me something that day cause it was kid free time and all of the things like all of the reasons yeah. not to, And I probably do have more stories of not to where all I can think is what have I missed out on when I haven't followed that nudge? Yeah.
1: A lot of the times God's inviting us into obedience and it does require sacrifice. I like that you bring up that point because being a follower of Jesus, I mean, we, we barely have comprehension of persecution of what true sacrifice looks like. I mean- I'm friends with a missionary who is overseas and like the stories, man, just sitting with her for an hour. I'm just like, every time just like weeping at how powerful God is moving in and through her life and how much he's protects her in the process. Um, But yeah, our, our our sacrifice uh, he's asking us to give up some things and it's hard to hear sometimes. I mean, even just spending time with them, like, like, can you sacrifice, can you find what's the time in your schedule that you can carve out, whether it's 10 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes at night, give up your Netflix, spend an hour, like what's the time you can carve out faithfully to spend time with God? And like, are, are you making that a priority? Um, because in the stillness of spending time with him, it really equips and empowers us for those moments of recognizing his voice in the bigger moments when he's like, Hey, go across the street. you you already have this established relationship where you know what he sounds like. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be easier to step into that instead of just wrestling in your mind, like, is that God, am I just making stuff up? Did I have too much pizza? Uh, you're going to understand his voice and you're, you'll be more equipped to step into those moments.
0: Um, I love that you shared that. And I want to talk about, um, Just the distractions and the things that really can hinder us. I was thinking, um, I heard a a quote yesterday that um, North Americans in general who who would call themselves Christians spend like one to six minutes a day in prayer, but over six hours a day in some form of media or entertainment Um, or something like that. And so I think as we talk about like, why can't I hear God's voice? I was actually really convicted as I heard that stat because I I feel like I'm somebody who does try to carve out that time. Yet I know in the story I share from three years ago in um, that podcast episode of my story, I wasn't on Instagram. I deleted the Facebook app from my phone and I know that I just had more mental space um, that I wasn't really consuming um, as much. So what are the things whether they're really practical or spiritual, what are things that really kind of block us from hearing God's voice?
1: Um, the, I mean, the biggest one is like social, well, there's a lot of things that can block us. Um, of course we have the external distractions like social media, um, Netflix, just not prioritizing time properly. Um, and I know we can't be in the presence of God, like deeply in this intimate moment with God 24 seven, cause we have priorities, but when we are when we do have that chunk of time where we can be in the presence of god it's really like preserving that as sacred space so i often tell people like if if you're carving out 10 minutes a day before you do that, it, like just brain dump everything you have going on. That's going to be a distraction right now, whether it's pick, Oh, I have to pick up the kids at two. This is what I need from the grocery store. Okay. I have to do this, the laundry today. Like whatever is like, or I'm feeling stressed out. Like whatever is weighing on your heart and mind, just brain dump that, get that out of the way and then show up with God and you'll be able to focus better, you know, cause you've got, you've got rid of that distraction. Um, that's one practical way. I think a lot of times we can also be our own worst enemy and just, just be distracted from God because we don't think we're qualified to show up. I mean, that's a whole podcast episode in itself. Um, so realizing that shame, um, self-worth, like negative self-worth, those things can often cause us to shrink back from showing up with God because we feel as if we're not worthy. Uh, the The thing is like God is the... The worthy one. We we are privileged to be with him, and um, if you show up, he can begin to re kind of reframe that mindset. I mean, you know, you talk about that all the time in the things you teach. Um, So, what would you say for tackling that as a distraction, like negative self worth and self image? What would you say?
0: Uh, Well, I think again, just being able to get in the word. I feel Mm -hmm. like as I. The most shocking thing to me is as I spent more time getting to know who God was, I was able to see myself so much more clearly, Yeah, which I was so surprised by. I thought I was reading the word just to discover more of who God is and what his story is. But, um, similar, I feel like as we see Jesus asking Peter and asking the disciples, like, who do they say, who do people say I am? And who do you say I am? And he's like, you're the Christ, you're the Messiah. And then Jesus turns to Peter and says, you are Peter. Like you're the rock. And I feel like as we spend time with God, he's able to, I call it like calling up the gold in us. Like he sees those best things in us, like the best plans, the best version of us. And he's bringing that out of us. And so then I think that actually, I mean, it's a bit of a catch 22 as you're saying the things that, are keeping us from God, but it's almost that spending time with him is going to take away some of those lies and that shame and the things that are keeping yeah. us, holding us back. And so speaking the truth, um, getting the lies out of our head, I think is a big thing. So I would even say to people, you can be alone and you can speak, get the lies out of your head, like speak out whatever is kind of going on in your head. Cause even when they come out of your mouth, sometimes you go, oh, that's not true, or get it writing them down yeah. um, and replacing those things with the truth. And I know for some people, for myself, for all of us, it can be a battle, and I've had seasons that feel like such a battle where you can feel like, God, you feel distant, things feel quiet. I don't know if I'm experiencing your presence. And, you know, part of it is that I think in all of those seasons, where we're, whether we're in a season that feels really easy and we feel, deeply connected to God or it feels really hard what are we sort of choosing in those moments and so you have a lot of great um way, like just different sections in every day of your um, devotional that talk about these things like worship um I yeah. think about there's a story of this guy named Elisha um where a group of guys are asking him a question like hey we want to know a question to this answer and Elisha says bring me a harp and then he has the answer, and I feel like sometimes it's just about um, spending some time in worship, right? And yeah. Yeah. Um, we can make it a little bit more complicated, like we have to know all the things. Um, and God just says, "Come as you are, like show up. I'm gonna do all the heavy lifting. Um, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm going to convict you of things. I think that's one thing that um, I know for myself can feel like a bit of that." um, blockage in terms of like mm. hearing God's voice is really undealt with sin. And so I write
1: about that in my book. It's, it's true because yeah. we, we shrink back in shame yeah. and stop showing up. Yeah. And I yeah. love
0: that God, when he convicts us of those things, it's for our freedom, right? Yeah. It's that yeah. the same way. we see that as parents with kids when they confess something. And even though it's like, well, okay, I'm confessing it. What's going to happen? There is actually a look of relief and like, okay you
1: know? Um, so, and God covers us. I mean, look at Adam and Eve, like they, they shrunk back in, in their nakedness hiding and he walked over, he gave them the consequences and then he just covered them. And I mean, he does that with us all the time. And in order to hear his voice, all we have to do is show up, show up, show up, show up. And I teach people how how to do that in the different ways. Like you're talking about worship prayer and in the book, there's 31 different, I call them hearing aids because I think that's funny. There's 31 different things that we can do um, to just show up and hear God and get over ourselves and focus on him and in the process, tra- change and transform and start to look more like him and the last part of the book, I talk about how because, because we're doing that, we're showing up for these spiritual disciplines and, and we're getting to know him better, the world becomes a whole lot brighter. Um, we get to impact our neighbors. We get to, uh, it changes our households, self, our households and the community. And so there's challenges like prayerfully um, ask God how you can support your local church today. Like maybe write a letter to your pastor because um, I think local church is something huge we should all be a part of. Uh, so yeah, there, I really just want to equip people to show up if, if anything, just show up in front of God and he will definitely do the rest.
0: (laughs) Well, I want to end with one last question, because I think this is probably one of the most common questions when it comes to hearing God's voice. How can I tell the difference between my voice and God's voice? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, um,
1: God's voice will carry peace, um, it won't cause confusion. God is not a God of confusion. Um, it will, um, sometimes God, God's voice is really random and out of left field. And you're like, why am I thinking about this random thing right now? Um, so I share in the book, like a lot of times I'll get encouraging words for people or like prophetic words. And I go through these different questions. Like, have I watched media? Uh, lately about that random thing I'm thinking about. Because if I was consuming certain media or even talking to a friend about it, it could be my own words. It could be my own voice talking, right? And um, so if the answer is no, then I start to think, okay, maybe this is God speaking. Um, does this does this um, align with scripture and with God's character? If it's a yes, then I'm like, okay, this is God speaking. Does this carry peace? Yes. Does this conflict um, is this sinful? <laughs> like, you know, is this causing me to make a bad decision or is this causing me to grow closer to God? If it's causing you to grow closer to God, then yes, this could be a thought from God. Um, I always like to share, like, if you're going to thus says the Lord, especially when you're first beginning to hear his voice, uh, I advise people to, if you're going to like declare something as God's voice to use it in, when you're referring to scripture and use it in the context of the way the scripture was written. Um, and then if I was to thus says the Lord, like if I really feel like this is something from God, I would enter into a conversation with somebody about it. Like I'm feeling like God is saying, saying this, uh, what do you think about that? And as we do that, I mean, we're wired to be in community. So we should be in a part of, we should be in a local church or have Christian fellowship and friends where when we feel as if God's speaking, or even if we're trying to decide if it's our voice or his, we can bring this, especially if it's a big life decision. Like you're not meant to make these big decisions alone. Um, Don't elevate experience even above scripture, above um, what your your healthy local church leaders advise. Um, above what your friends are saying. And then we had those still small voice moments with God where you feel that peace and that confirmation, like, yeah, let's still move forward on this decision and um, see what happens. So a lot of the times too, it isn't always black and white scripture is, but it is, isn't, it isn't always like go left or go right. Sometimes God is a loving father who gives us multiple choices. And he's like, Hey, you can decide, Um, other times it is very clear, like you should do this or you should do that. So
0: I love that. And I think really, um, like any, like getting to know any other voice, um, I think as a mom, um, when I had a baby, it was like, okay, every cry sounded the same. And then after a while from a distance, you can tell like, oh, that, um, she's hungry or she's tired or like, I could actually get to know, um, to the untrained ear to somebody else visiting, they just hear a cry. And so I think that's also part of the paying attention, right? Like I'm just paying attention, um, turning down some of the noise in the world, um, and learning how to cultivate that. So I did say that was the last question, but I want to ask you personally, Jenny, like how do you actually turn down, um, some of the noise in the world and spend time really cultivating hearing God's voice in your life?
1: Yeah. I've, I'm learning to uh, enjoy a Sabbath, like one full day. I'll turn off my computer for the weekend. Um, I love what I do. So I could work all day long if you let me. Um, So I'm learning how to just shut everything down and hide the phone, hang out with the kids, be fully there, um, be available for church stuff, you know, just actually making it a habit of resting and resting well and enjoying God in those moments and seeing the holy things that are like in my everyday moments that I often can bulldoze by. Um, not that I bulldoze by my kids, but you know, sometimes we're like balancing all the things. So it's nice when we can just be fully present with, um, the one activity we're doing or whatever the case may be. But I've also really found, um, hearing God out in creation. And I write about this as well. I've been enjoying like starting my day. Um, we live a mile from the beach. So I know this is a, a, this is a luxury item, but I enjoy starting my day at the beach today. I went and I saw the sunrise and I just had worship music on and I was praying and it really just helped me reconnect and settle, settle in with God. Um, And then from there, I actually am working through my book, which is funny being on the other side of it because I wrote it. So I'm leading an online group through it and we just read day two. And one of the challenges was um, prayerfully consider this thing and I was doing it and I could hear God so clearly. And I was like, I don't want to do that thing you're telling me. (laughs) <laughs> to do. So I could have easily rejected that, but I was like, no, God, I want to be faithful to what you're inviting me to do. So I wrote it down and I'm going to continue praying about it. So I think it's like really seeing these moments he, he calls us to and puts before us and seeing them as sacred and seeing them as holy and not just brush buying them or compartmentalizing them over here. Cause it might be too hard or too much work or we're too tired or we're too busy and just trusting him that if he's calling you to do something, he'll redeem the time. If it takes a lot of time, he'll redeem that time. He'll, he'll make it worth the, the investment. Um, and I, and I think too, I've been really dwelling on this thought lately is that our version of what we see as a favorable answer to prayer is way different from what God stamps as favorable. So I've been like, Holding onto that loosely, that thought loosely, because I think for a lot of us, he's calling us into interesting um, places and around interesting people and places. And it's not always in the world, I'm using quotes, in the world's version of what is this great favorable circumstance and God saying, no, you're needed here and you're valuable here because my spirit dwells in and through you and I need you to, to be a marker of my presence in this moment. So will you show up? And the best answer we can always have to God asking us to show up is yes and amen. And when do you want me to go? And that's not always easy to do, but we can begin to hear him when we do see the time and our space is sacred and take time to just quiet down and actually show up for it.
0: So good. Well, Jenny, this has been such a encouragement to myself. And I know to other people, I'm sure there are things that people have heard through this episode that has been, um, just maybe you had a little bit of that, like nudge in your heart or something that you felt drawn to, um, or something you really want to pursue. So I would encourage you to pick up a copy of getting to know God's voice, a 31 day interactive journey. Um, they're very short reads like everyday is very short, very practical. Um if you're somebody who feels like, hey, I'm I may be feeling a little bit skeptical or something, this is great also for you. It starts off very basic. It's not like super woo-woo or anything. Um <laughs> it's and like I,
1: 101 totally. learn about the holy spirit yeah. and I won't it's not I'm not crazy.
0: Yeah. No, normal I'm not
1: one extreme.
0: Just like, normal Jenny. Yeah. That's why she's not the Trevor Every day, Jenny. Trifecta. Slowly Um, making her way into trifecta zone. It's fine, you guys. So um, Jenny, where can people find your books and where can they find you? Oh, okay. So if you
1: just go to to gettingtoknowgodsvoice.com, that'll share all that information. Um, I also have a cool free opt-in thing. That's like quite the chaos. It's a five-day email challenge. So if they wanted to start there, but if you just want 31 days, just dive in and get the book. Um, I I love Instagram. So you can find me on Instagram at Jenny.Randall. R-A-N-D-L-E.
0: Thank you. Well, I trust this episode has helped you move one step closer to thriving. Thanks so much for listening today. I really am so encouraged knowing how many of you are being encouraged by this message. And if you have found it helpful, would you mind just sharing it with a friend, leaving five stars or even a review wherever you listen to podcasts, Podcasts, keeping it super professional. Um, If you want to connect more with me, head over to Instagram where I'm at Jacqueline.Widener. Or if you want some free resources, head over to my website at JacquelineWidener.com.